Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A man we are calling John joined us earlier today from Hong Kong, and this is part of our conversation. Uh, John, you are one of thousands who have uh, spent months protesting for the freedom of Hong Kong, and that, that freedom is, is, has now slipped away. Uh, give me a, a sense of how you and others are feeling right now. Um, like personally, as someone who was once on the front line and like being explicitly anti-China or pro-independence, like I, I would say most of us uh, won't feel really frightened by by the like uh, by the uh, recent actions by China. But then uh, we still feel that things are getting uh, more tense, and like um, I would say, uh, negative emotions are. Are like getting stronger and stronger in the city. Uh, like it returned after the, the months of focusing on the coronavirus. It's like um, sadness and anger, uh, especially for parents who fear that their kids will be arrested and tortured. So um, yeah, these kind of negative emotions are like getting stronger and stronger in the city. Yeah. And overnight, there were more protests. Up to 300 people were arrested because, as you say, they are getting much more aggressive. Do you believe it's too late or do you believe there's still hope that Hong Kong can be, um, you know, freed? Uh, I would say uh, there's always hope for us. Like, um, we feel like that, uh, or, or I would say that we even feel like that we are, guess, we are get, getting closer to our destination. Like, um we always use a slogan, uh, which is uh, said by uh, one of the uh, jailed um, activists called Edward Learn. He always uh, he, he once uh, said that uh, he quoted from the the movie Batman that the dawn the dawn before uh, like the, the night before the dawn is the darkest. So we, we we also feel the same. Like we feel like when the uh, government is getting more aggressive and. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is actually the sign that we are get, we are getting closer to our um, we are getting closer to our freedom and because it, we feel like that it is the authorities that they feel like they can't hold us anymore so they are getting more aggressive yeah. are you concerned I mean obviously we can't use your real name or the protest group you're with are you worried about your safety of being arrest arrested do do protesters um, you know are they willing to give up their lives for this? Um, like, um, for many younger protesters, especially uh, many like uh, who are still in the age of high school, I, I really feel that they are they are like giving giving up their normal life for it. Like, but personally, for me, uh, I wouldn't say I have give up my uh, I have gave up my personal life for all these things. But then, uh, I feel I really feel that uh, many uh, many many uh, teenagers are actually doing so. Um, for the for the issue of using real name, actually, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm fear of of being persecuted or 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 something like that. But I, I what I'm scared is that um, if 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 the government gets uh, more information, this is actually easier for them to like 
to, to know more about us and to uh, crack, crack down on the uh, connections between uh, different protesters uh, easier. So that, that, that is the concern that why I, why I fear that uh, not to use my real name. Yeah. Hong Kong has always enjoyed freedom um, and that freedom is slipping away. So what is it like now uh, to live day to day in Hong Kong? Um, uh, it is first strange, uh, I think, that um, because uh, actually normal life just resumed that once the protest ends. Like uh, we, we sometimes call, call it a parallel universe. It's like just the day before there are a Molotov cocktails and there are uh, tear gas, but then like the day after, everything seems just normal. But then uh, we can we can definitely see that when when there are protests or when the police thought that there will be a protest, um, we, we will always uh, feel like uh, Hong Kong is like under a war zone. It's like uh, riot police are around, and then obviously there are much less pedestrians than usual. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, can you go out yeah. to a restaurant? Can you go buy clothing? Can you move around freely? Um, this is uh, this is uh, like really uh, special question because, like, actually, uh, if you read the news for well, yesterday, we can see that uh, even students who are in their school uniform were arrested. And actually, for those few hundreds who were arrested, uh, I believe that actually not all of them are really someone who protests or some of them maybe didn't even chant any slogans. They, they were just uh, walking around and because, uh, because they, they look young and like they mm-hmm. are teenagers, the, the police for, uh, will, will automatically assume they as being part of the protest and then they will still be arrested. So like I would say, uh, I would say if you are a teenager now in Hong Kong, they are actually always dangerous or, of being uh, uh, they are are always the danger of uh, fearing about the police uh, arresting you. Like you will see, uh, they now nowadays uh, the police are always doing stop and checks on on young people. Yeah, that's not the Hong Kong that uh, we know, and and it's not the Hong Kong we want. Do you fear, um, John, that we are going to see a repeat of Tiananmen Square? Uh, personally, I don't think that. Uh, uh, there will be a repeat of Tiananmen Square, like uh, uh, like that type of uh, suppression of like tanks or or the Liber- People's Liberation Army coming into Hong Kong. I, I don't believe that, but that uh, I believe that Hong Kong is getting closer to closer to what was was uh, happened that in East Turkestan. Like we will see, uh, like it's like the uh, whole city became like a concentration camp. Yeah, you, you get what I mean. Like there won't be, there won't be, won't be uh, the image of like uh, a lot of bloodshed. But we will see that the fear and the and the suppression is like deep in the roots of uh, of the of the daily life. Yeah. President uh, Xi Jinping, um, you know, he is a very aggressive. I think people have underestimated uh, who he is. What would your warning be to Canada and the international community? What should people understand? Um, I would say that uh, the first thing that the international international community should understand is that uh, there are actually uh, imperialist idea uh, in in the Chinese ideology. It's like um, 
maybe 20 or 30 years ago, like in the years of uh, President Clinton of the United States, they thought that uh, once China get richer and richer, they uh, they will essentially uh, they, they will gradually become uh, more free and and being more democratic. But then we can see that that's actually not the truth. So I think the idea is that we sh- uh, the international community should not let China to like getting more aggressive. Uh, getting more aggressive and so uh, what Canada or uh, the United States should do is like uh, stand firm against China like and help Hong Kong and also Taiwan uh, by some real actions like for example uh, sanctioning uh, Chinese companies who uh, or uh, sanctioning Chinese companies and officials who suppressed uh, human uh, uh, violated human rights yeah and and yeah, start to recognize Taiwan and to have more cooperation with Taiwan, yeah. And just before I let you go, I mean, he said uh, he has ordered the military to prepare for war. Do you believe he could go that far? Uh, I would say there is always, uh, uh, there is always the, uh, the chance of having a possibility, yeah. Uh, it's always possible. But then I, w- I would still think that... Um, if China uh, is going to have a war with the other powers in the world, uh, China will be the will be the ultimate loser. So I like the chance is more that because I I also know I also believe that they know that they are not really that strong. Yeah, can you give me some time like to to share a story? Sure. Yeah, I would say uh, there's actually the experience of my of my sister like just two days ago, like on the twenty fourth of May. Uh, we know that there that like tear gas uh, fired again after a few months of the coronavirus. And actually, my sister, uh, she's not that type of so-called frontline protesters. Like w- uh, what what she did on that day is what we call uh, window shopping. Like going around and chanting slogans and and didn't even wear uh, didn't even wear clothes like uh, uh, protesters in the image. But then she was still chased by the police. <laughs> On that day, so I would say that that there's that is a really big problem um, that uh, teenagers are actually, especially teenagers are actually living in a very tense and very um, like a very hard situation now in Hong Kong. Yeah, I I so um, one word, one last word to the international uh, community, and especially those in Canada, is that. Um, this is uh, not only a war or a, a struggle against uh, against uh, authoritarianism or against uh, imperialism, but it's also like a, a, a protection for for the next generation uh, of yeah for the next generation yeah protecting yeah, th- democracy my... for the next generation. True, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is very true when we let a democracy fall. John, thank you very much for chatting with us. We will keep in touch. Uh, We will be watching. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you.